My name is Danielle Walker, and you are listening to On the Ground. of the RFP season, and we're also prepping for the 2022 in sub Europe capacity building workshop. So what better way to celebrate this time than to look back on a few of our favorite sessions from this past annual conference. The NSEP Europe Annual Conference is the largest convening of Europe professionals in the country. Um, not just Europe professionals, but parents, students, policymakers, and community partners as well all supporting GEARP programs and the students that they serve nationally. During this conference, we normally see tons of great ideas, strategies, and a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of tools to better serve GEARP students. This is normally done through plenary sessions, concurrent sessions, and also networking opportunities. The cool thing about virtual conferences is that we're able to record every single one of those sessions And those recordings are available to all folks that registered for the conference for up to a year. So this episode is essentially a compilation of a few sessions that we picked that we really liked, that got us going, that motivated us and inspired us. And while we're unable to include every single session that wowed us, keep in mind that all of the sessions from this past annual conference are again available for up to a year. So with that, I will let Betty get us going. Take it away, Betty. My name is Betty Paul Ortiz. I'm the Vice President of Programs at NCEP. Each year for the NCEP Gear Up Annual Conference, I am floored by the quality of sessions we receive. For me, the session titled Creating the Next Generation of Leaders offered inspiration and reminded me of why we do this important work. Hi, I'm Tracy O'Quinn. I'm the project director for Lafayette Parish Schools in Lafayette, Louisiana, here with my colleagues, Lois Bromwell, who is the project director for Los Angeles Unified School District, and Dr. Martha Cantu. She is the director of Gear Up at the University of Texas in uh, Rio Grande Valley. I'm very excited to serve on today's panel with Lois and Martha as we discuss our views on creating the next generation of leaders. Each of us have so much opportunity to enhance enhance our leadership skills through the various roles in Gear Up. So we're all leaders, every one of us here today, striving to do our best. We're being intentional about how we do that for ourselves and for others. Uh, I think it's really, really important that your team, your partners, your parents, your family, students, everybody see your passion. You know, and I can say that Again, just reflecting back on, on my career in education, none of my, 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 it's never really been a job for me. It's, it's been a lifestyle. Martha, what about you? Well, you know, I, I remember when I first started working with Gear Up, being at, a, at an awards assembly in Austin, Texas. And um, it's the first time I had met the president of the university and, um, you know, the door opened and a bunch of, of people walked in and I said, oh, I said, my parents are here. And he says, your parents are here? And I'm, yes, my parents are here. And he says, your mom and dad are here? And I'm like, not my parents, my gear up parents are here, you know? And, and I, I remember starting to feel that passion of wanting to make sure that parents had the information that they needed uh, you know, so that they could help their kids make 
good decisions. So I knew that was one of uh, one of my passions, and I knew we needed to do a lot of work, especially where we live. We live in, in South Texas. We are a border community, and many times the parents don't speak the language, so they really need an ally. They need someone to listen to them. I was fortunate in that in between, I became a vice president for student affairs. And when I found students in the elevator crying, I'd say, come to my office, we're gonna figure this out. And so we would figure it out. And it was usually something that was something that we could fix, you know? Uh, so that's always been my passion is, you know, my passion lies in working with, with our families and, and of course uh, with our students. How about you, Lois? Well, I guess um, I think the reason I started talking to Betty about doing this session back the last time we were all together in February of 2020. Um, and I, it really came from this uh, view that I knew I was gonna be retiring um, sometime in the near future. Um, I really believe, I, I feel so strongly about this work and what we do. Um, and I just really wanted to make sure that I looked around and I'm like, oh my gosh, like everybody I'm hanging out with is my age. Um, and so I really wanted to make sure that um, when we left, you know, when we retired, that we had that group of people that we're going to, you know, I, I mean, so that is really why this, a lot of this came from, it, it's not about legacy. It's just making sure that there's people there who have that passion, who are going to carry on the work. Because I think, um, I think we have a gift and we have to use it. Leadership is... It is a conversation that is as old as the hills. Um, it is not something we talk a lot about. At the end of the day, who we have on this bus and how equipped we are to build these next generation of leaders um, and empower others is really key. It's the name of the game. As Lois, Martha, and Tracy shared, Gear Up is ultimately about relationships whether that's with your grants, program officer, the school, administrators, students, and their families, and all of the many partners that you have serving your grant. This exchange is deep and so worth checking out. You will hear tips from the pros that have been longtime Gear Up advocates, not just serving their grants, but also the broader national community. I couldn't agree more with Betty. This is definitely a session that everyone should check out. It's a panel. And so some really great questions are asked. There's some great discussion. Um, and the presenters share some really cool um, stories and golden nuggets. So please, please check that one out. Uh, next up, we have a voice that is familiar to most of you. You've heard her on the podcast before. Uh, she is an advocate for self-care and fighting burnout wherever it appears. Um, so with that, I will throw it to Emily. Take it away. Hey, my name is Emily. I'm the Associate Director of Government Relations at NSEP. Many of you know that psychology is something that is really important to me. Our mental health is something that is critical to the work we do. And that's why I was really excited to support Gear Up Ohio Director Carlos Bing and his colleague Sarah at their self-care session at the last annual conference. They asked the critical question, how are you doing really? Good morning, Gear Up. How is everybody? I saw y'all grooving a little bit over there. <laughs> My name is Carlos Bing. I serve as the State Director of the Gear Up Ohio program. I'm also a licensed professional counselor, and I absolutely love both sides of the house 
being able to serve students and then also working with folks individually as a therapist. Um, along with me is Sarah and I'll have her introduce herself. Uh, my name is Sarah Molsky. I work for the Ohio Department of Higher Education as well with Gear Up Ohio. I provide administrative support for Gear Up Ohio. Very passionate about Gear Up, really enjoy the work. They brought us questions to ponder. How can you take care of others when you haven't taken care of yourself? What is self-care? And then he shared with us the seven pillars of self-care. You know, one of the first obvious questions is, you know, you all being teachers and advisors and folks that work with students, how can you take care of others when you haven't taken care of yourself? Think about that. You know, how can you, how can you effectively serve others if you haven't taken the time to think about what your needs are? Are your shoulders strong enough to carry what you are taking on with those students? And that really takes some real self-introspection and really thinking about, you know, what are you, what can you handle? What, what additional supports do you, do you need? Do you need some additional professional development to be able to support your students better? Um, and so then also thinking about how much are you going to carry? You know, I remember talking to one of my advisors and she was telling me that, you know, sometimes students will text her at 11 o'clock at night. And, and I'm saying, well, when are you getting your sleep? When are you resting? You know, you have to be able to have those boundaries. And so if you feel comfortable taking that text at 11 and responding, keep doing that. But I would argue that if you, if you respond in the morning, the student will be just fine, unless it's a, a diehard emergency, but you wanna be able to provide boundaries so you can get that rest. Um, and so can you carry the weight of what you decided to do and then also maintain a healthy lifestyle? And then, and then think about what is, what is self-care for you? What does that mean for you as an individual? Let's be honest. There's, there's a lot of buzzwords out there. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like the word self-care has become such a buzzword. Like you hear it, you hear it a lot now. Um, oh, you know, self-care, self-care, focus on self-care. Um, and it's important because it, it, it's reflection of your, your mental and emotional well-being. But what, what is it? According to the World uh, Health Organization, and they defined it in um, 1998, self-care is what people do for themselves to establish and maintain health and to prevent and deal with illness. The International Self-Care Foundation identifies seven pillars, knowledge and health literacy, mental well-being, physical activity, healthy eating, risk avoidance and mitigation, good hygiene, rational and responsible use of self-care products and services. Self-care is, is really ultimately about achieving wellness. But what, what is wellness? So wellness is defined as, according to the World Health Organization, a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being. The National Wellness Institute defines it as a conscious, self-directed, and evolving process of achieving full potential. You know, so often we focus on the negative things that are happening in our lives. And that's natural because that's the way our brains are wired. We're, we're typically wired to focus on negative things. But in those moments when we get a little too far or we just haven't thought about those things we're grateful for, it's important to take time to, to, to really think about those things. Just, be, just being thankful to just wake up in the morning and, and be able to have your right mind in front of you. Like those are basic things that we are not guaranteed. And there are individuals who didn't wake up in their right mind this morning. 
And so being able to think about that is really, really impactful. Emily, what a great pick. You know, we often attend conferences with the expectation that we'll only focus on technical skills or strategies. But this session provided a moment to pause and reflect, and there was some really great music played during the session as well. So if you have a moment, be sure to check that one out. Next, I'm going to throw it to my colleague, the study lab extraordinaire, Lauren Foley. Take it away. My name is Lauren Foley, and I'm the Associate Director of Professional Development at NSEP. Over the summer at the NSEP Annual Conference, I had the good fortune to sit in on the session, Readiness from the Inside Out, Establishing Relationships to Elicit Behavior Change, with Dr. Jennifer Murphy from Arizona State University. My name is Jennifer Murphy, and I'm the Director of School Partnership Grants at Arizona State University. I teach at ASU, have been doing that for about seven years. I teach at our local community college system as well. I do educational consulting, and my background is in counseling. So I've also, um, I'm nationally certified counselor and have served as a high school counselor for many, many years prior to my transition um, to ASU. During the session, Dr. Murphy explained this wonderful and emotional activity from Kyle Schwartz called What I Wish My Teacher Knew. And I thought that was a great activity for coordinators working with students to do. So let's delve a little bit more now into the connection between relationships and relevance. So how many of you are familiar with, with Kyle Schwartz and the what I wish my teacher knew kind of phenomenon, if you will? I like to refer to it as a phenomenon. This started several years ago. Um, as an activity for a teacher to um, increase her, her understanding of student struggles, of student stories, build those relationships. Um, and it simply was a note card that she created that was pre-printed and said, what I wish my teacher knew, dot, dot, dot. And students had the opportunity to fill that out. And so as you can see over time, certainly it didn't need to be so formalized. You could just have students respond to that question um, in any way, shape or form. And these are examples um, of some of those student statements. You know, um, I wish my teacher knew there's a reason why I'm so quiet in class. Um, I wish my teacher knew I struggle because I don't have much confidence in myself. Certainly, yes, you're going to get the ones where I wish my teacher knew I can do two back handsprings in a row. And that's great, too, because that's still a starting point. That's still information that's been shared with you. But um, oftentimes, there's a deeper and a bigger story at play that can really not only help um, explain and explore some of the academic challenges that you're seeing in the classroom, but can again create that relationship that helps to negotiate some of those challenges. The activity should also serve as a reminder that students are dealing with and going through stuff in their personal lives, so we need the content for them to be relevant. We have to remember to present it in a way that actually engages with them. What another great pick. And it's a great pick for multiple reasons. One, um, Dr. Jennifer Murphy is a great presenter and she's someone who we've come to lean on um, when we're discussing the topic of social emotional learning. Um, additionally, if you missed her during the annual conference, you will have another chance to attend her session at the 2022 Capacity Building Workshop. So be sure to add her session to your conference agenda. Next is my pick. And I'm super excited to share my pick because um, Dr. Michelle Scott Taylor presented a session on human-centered design. 
Her session was entitled Leveraging the Crisis to Improve Internal and External Organizational Impact. And man, oh man, does she provide some really great nuggets. I'm Dr. Michelle Scott Taylor. I'm the Chief Program Officer at College Now Greater Cleveland. You know, I come from, uh, I'm first gen, uh, low income was my background, of course. And so for many years, I used my own lived experience to dictate how we design programs and services. But at some point, we really need to start talking to the actual students that we're serving because my lived experience is now different than a student's lived experience for all kinds of reasons. I'm older, you know, I have a family. So lots of us, lots of my team, we would say, but when I was in college, I needed this. Or when I was growing up, or well, my family, and that just wasn't cutting it. We found it to be, you know, sometimes insufficient. It's, it wasn't really meeting the needs of the students we were serving today. So these were some of the aha moments that I started to have when I started, when our team started using human-centered design thinking methods. Dr. Scott Taylor also shared some of the mindsets that are signature to the human-centered design approach. It embraces ambiguity. It's both a process you can use, but it's also a mindset. And it's also a way of managing. And it allows us to really get ahead of and be present in what's happening right now. Creative confidence. With this mindset, you learn from failure. That's very hard for a lot of gear up programs to do or any federally funded program because you lose your funding if you don't meet goals. So it's scary to try to learn from failure. But the truth is, in a human centered design thinking mindset, you know that with every success, there should be lots of failure because failure is really where you learn, where you change, where you correct and where you improve. Iterate, iterate, iterate. That's try it. It doesn't work. Try something else quickly. It doesn't work. Don't, you know, stick with something just because you wrote it in a grant, call the funder or call your program officer and say, look, we've been trying this intervention. This is what we wrote in our grant. It's not working. Here's what we want to try. This session was particularly timely because we have new challenges, new problems, and this requires us to think differently about our work. So if you're interested in something to get you going, to get you thinking, this is definitely a session that you should check out. So that concludes this episode. Let us know if you're into this, if you like hearing our favorite sessions, um, but also if there are some sessions that really got you going, let us know, shoot us a message. Uh, my email is danielle underscore walker at edpartnerships.org. We would love to hear your feedback. Additionally, as we stated, this is RFP season. So if you haven't already submitted a proposal to present at the 2022 NCEP Europe Annual Conference, please don't wait too late to do it. Submit one now, get started, get going. The deadline is December 22nd. Uh, additionally, we have opened registration for the 2022 NCEP Europe Capacity Building Workshop. That means you have access to our agenda right now. You can start choosing sessions that you're into um, and exploring everything that we are looking to offer to you in February, uh, February 14th through the 16th. So you'll be spending Valentine's Day with us. Um, as always, take care, be safe, and we will talk to you soon. See you.